Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Ciao everyone and welcome to the episode number 10 of Synesthesia. We reached our first milestone and I'm really, really happy to celebrate with my second Italian guest, Stefano Libertini Protopapa. Hi Stefano, how are you? Hi, ciao everyone. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm here in Milan. For the people who don't know him, Stefano is a DJ, event producer, but most importantly is an anti-racist queer creative director, founder of Fluido Studio, creative mind who makes things happen. We are here to talk about the Italian queer music scene that's having a proper renaissance and he is one of the people behind this new explosion of very avant-garde queer music in Italy. So Stefano, how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm here at friend's house, just chilling and having a nice night. I assume you are in Milan, aren't you? I'm in Milan. I am in Nolo. Let's talk about Nolo. I've been living here for nine years now, way before it was kind of cool. Way before it was called Nolo, actually. It was just Via Padova. And Via Padova was a place not to be but recently has been gentrified has been called Nolo so I relate to Nolo but not that much because I was here way before and I love the vibe that there's in this neighborhood but it's kind of changing because of gentrification it's becoming boring no 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 not boring it's it's very hard to call this this area of Milan boring but it's becoming a little bit posh here. For the people who are bit. listening and uh, don't know uh, NOLO, NOLO is uh, an acronym for North of Loreto. Uh, it's a very multi-ethnic, diverse, colorful, uh, cheap, yeah. uh, very artsy, super cool neighborhood in Milan. So the next time you are in Milan, maybe uh, <laughs> hit up Stefano. I will guide you <laughs> around the area. So Stefano, when did you arrive to Milan? Uh, I moved to Milan from Bologna 10 years ago, November of 2010, yes. Milan was very different at that time. Was very different, but for me was also very new because, you know, it was my first time living in Milan after Bologna and I needed a place different from Bologna and Milan is quite different from from it. I can say that that it was different at that time, but I I would not say that it was better or worse. Before Milan, what were you doing in Bologna? Oh, I was (laughs) I was escaping from my hometown, basically. 
I grew up in a, in a small city uh, in South Italy and I moved to Bologna and I lived there two years. I was a DJ there and I was a photographer, but also I was working in a furniture shop during the day and in sometimes in a bar as a waiter. How was the underground scene at that time in Bologna? Which kind of music were you playing and dancing to? The underground scene was interesting for me, again, because I was coming from a small town in the south of Italy, so everything was quite impressive and quite fun for me and, and new. But everyone told me when I, when I moved to Bologna, uh, they were like, oh, you're moving now to Bologna, but Bologna now is dead. Everything happened before, everything crazy and, and, and amazing happened already. I didn't agree to this and I created my own world and I started DJing at Cassero, which is the LGBT center of Italy with Electro Clash and Electro House, crazy tunes. I could not DJ that stuff anymore. Well, but at that time, at that time, it was big. It was really big. And of end of the 2000s, that genre was uh, yep. huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the thing and it was very funny, actually, yes. And I was very young also. <laughs> And before Bologna, when you were really, really, really young, a teenager, what kind of stuff did you listen to? Oh, I grew up listening to a lot, a lot of stuff. And there was a time when I was um, 12, maybe, yeah, that I was listening to ska music, to hard rock and punk. But secretly, I was listening to disco music. I was shy about it. I thought that listening to disco music wasn't the right thing to say to my friends at that time. So I was listening to it secretly in my room. Guilty pleasures. Yeah, it was my guilty pleasure. And then I discovered when I was 13, I discovered my first Madonna's album, Ray of Light. And I had kind of a epiphany and I just discovered that I was gay <laughs> with that, with that album. And then from that, I opened my views about music and I started listening to a lot of pop music in every language, actually. I kept listening to a lot of disco music. So you moved to Bologna with this uh, music uh, baggage in 2007? In 2008. Yeah, spent two years in Bologna and then the big move to Milan. So that's when your shift from uh, DJ to event planner to creative director happens. <laughs> that, that's interesting. Uh, when I moved to Bologna, I wanted to be a photographer. And then when I moved to Milan, I decided that I... That my future was uh, to be a professional photographer. But when I moved to Milan after a few months that I was working as a photographer assistant, I understood that that wasn't my path. And I started DJing in Milan with some friends in small underground queer clubs. And I said, maybe I can throw my own party here in Milan because I was going out kind of every night when I moved uh, to Milan from Monday to Sunday. But there wasn't a party that, that I would say, okay, this is, this is amazing. This is my party. So I said, why? Maybe I should throw my own party. In those years, the biggest parties were the Marcelo Burlon ones. Yes, that's right. That's right. But And I love the music there and the vibe. But the people, I couldn't relate to the people. I think it was, it was a very fun 
party and a very fun moment for Milan, but I was looking for my way of party, my vision. And I started throwing parties in a club called Q21. And uh, my party was Q Lab. And it was a, a laboratory of experiments. We were experimenting with visual, with, with music, with different kind of genres during the night and with performers and we were playing it was like a my playground during the night and, and it was every friday you've been playing every friday since then because that's what we are, you are doing right now experimenting yes yes i i love to play and i love to experiment and i love to to play with what i don't know so if i don't know something I just do it and I see what the result is. What are yeah. the things in common between QLab and your new enterprise, Fluido Studio? It's always the same. Like I just go with my guts, choosing the people that I want to work with and I just want to see what's next. Like I, I get bored very easily. So when I throw a party or I scout a new artist for my label, I just need to feel entertained and to see something different from what I used to see around me. So I think nothing changed, just I'm more aware of what I can do before. Like before, when I, when I was younger, I was just a crazy young boy, just experimenting. Fueled by creative energy. Yeah, always. Now Daily. you're more professional, much more professional. So what are the steps in between QLab, so 2010-2011, and Fluido Studio 2020? What are the main highlights of your career as a creative mm -hmm. director? I kept throwing parties after QLab. I also threw parties in uh, Paris with a very uh, close friend of mine, Whitney Weiss, which is a, a DJ and producer. And also, uh, I've been working in agencies, marketing and communication events agencies in Milan and in New York. And I was also throwing parties in New York. And that's how like, I just kept experimenting, honestly, with some things that I, I didn't know. I didn't study to be a creative director. My studies are completely different. I just kept oh. doing what I, what I felt it was right to do. What was a very important uh, moment in your career that, it, that uh, like you really felt uh, as if you were at a crossroad, that like you were thinking, wow, this project is gonna really change my life? The first time it happened, it was in 2015 when I created Eurocrash. Eurocrash was like, uh, it was in my head for a lot of years, but only in 2015 when I ended my collaboration with QLab, I realized that it was the right time to, to do it. And it was an international network of creative people, visual and music people, of course, underground, and, and also club and party promoters. So the aim was to create a huge underground network between these people to create something new together, to collaborate, to mix the people, because I believe that's the power of being a creative person, to mix different people and to mix different knowledges. And those were the early years of Miss Cat as well. Who were the artists you were um, dealing with, you were playing with in 2015? Well, I, I think I, through one of the first Miss Keta live shows 
in 2015 and was Misketa was Populous, of course, because he is my brother. There were Azari and Third. In those years, I was DJing in another club, in another party called Le Cannibal, with like Hercules and Love Affair, Miss Kitten, Seriousmo, Nathan Fake, my icons. So I learned a lot from them in those years. Can we say that Miss Keta in 2015 was the very first Italian queer artist to break the wall of the underground and touch the mainstream? Yeah, yeah, I would say that, yeah. It, it, she's, I think she started a new era for queer artists and helped a lot of queer artists to come out as queer. So what did you see in her? I saw Honesty. She was singing, she was writing songs about our daily life. She was honest, but she was also very funny while doing it. She's one of the most iconic people I know. Like, she is like this. She's so smart. That's the key of Miss Keta. Being funny and being very smart. And Be also the fact that she studies a lot. She reads and studies a lot. And being scandalous as well. I mean, she was just saying things that no one had the, the courage to say. or Yeah, the courage to hey, say. Like, yeah. She wasn't afraid. She wasn't afraid. Maybe also because she was wearing a mask. That's the key also. She said, I want to tell the truth that no one has the courage to say and I'm going to say it with a mask on. So it's 2015, we are in Milan. Stefano Libertini Protopapa is um, throwing his uh, Eurocrash party, which yeah. is also a creative uh, project, a holistic creative project. Miss Keta is uh, booming in the underground scene. That's what happened correct. next? I moved to New York in 2017, just for three months. It was always a dream of mine to, to live in New York. I just felt that it was a right place for me and I was right. And I spent three months. And after that, I kept going there every two months because I feel New York is like my second home and I have lots, lots of friends there. It's like my second family. It should be compulsory for creatives to live in New York once in their lifetime. Absolutely, it, it's mandatory to spend at least a month in New York. It's Especially not enough. If, I'm sorry, it's not York. enough. At least a year. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I spent three months and honestly, it feels like it was a full year because it's so crazy there. Like you meet new people every second, amazing people every second, artists. And especially if, you, if you're lucky enough to spend time in the right places. Where did you live in New York at the time? Between Bushwick and bed -Stuy. Who were the artists you were hanging out with at the time? Oh, all the scene from Bushwick, which is a huge drag queen festival. And so lots of drag queens and queer performers. And I love, you know, it's... I love the name Bushwick. <laughs> Bushwick, of course. It's, <laughs> it's now an international festival, actually. They have Bushwick Berlin, Bushwick Mexico, and Bushwick LA, and Atlanta. And, and they were planning to come to Milan, actually. And I was working with them to, to do that. So I was, I was surrounded by a, a community. And that, that was the first time in my life that I felt to be part of something big and to be part of 
of a community, of a queer community. Of a proper queer international scene. And I love yes. how you kept, you were able to keep that international element when you moved back to Italy. Yeah, correct. When I, when I came back to Italy from New York, they actually offered me to stay in New York. But I said no, because I wanted to use that huge energy that I was feeling in after after living three months in New York, I was I wanted to use that in Milan, in my home, in my what I feel that is my hometown now. And this is what I did. I met my business partner, Pierpaolo, PRP, and we started talking about producing artists, producing our own music, experimenting again. And I proposed him to produce David Blank's first single in English because it was out already with an uh, EP in Italian but he was struggling because he said David was telling me every time I want to sing but I want to sing in English this is my emotional language and every label in Italy told him no if you want to be part of the industry you have to sing in Italian so he was sad and he wanted like to not to sing anymore So I said, okay, come to the studio, to Pierpaolo's studio, which was already Fluido Studio. So we went there together and the magic happened. You were breaking the rules. That's how you do it. Always. Because otherwise I, I get bored. David Blank was the very first artist that you collaborated with as a Fluido Studio. Fluido Studio is the main reason why I interviewed you. Because I see in Fluido Studio a project that fits perfectly the synesthesia vibe because it's about sound and visuals. So yeah. you not only produce the music, but you have a strong, strong, strong attention to the aesthetics of the artist. Yeah, you know, meeting Pierpaolo, my business partner was the key of everything because he's more the producer of the team and the sound engineer is the the audio part of the of the team and I'm more into the visual part and we both think that we need to to create something new in the scene in the Italian scene so we started working with David and then we ended up working with boy Rebecca a crazy Lolita girl that I met on Instagram. One of, of those nights when you scroll on Instagram, I just found her and I was like, who's this girl? She is, she's, a, she's brilliant, she's a genius. So I texted her and I said, would you like to work with us with Fluido Studio? It's like a small, small studio and we were not a label at that time. So I proposed them a beat made by Pierpaolo and, and we started beat. it was I Marinaio beat I, it was our first uh, collaboration together so she she agreed and then we met and we started working and then we realized me and Pierpaolo that maybe it was the right time to open our label and get into business for real and after boy rebecca came bautista after boy rebecca came some of some other artists and bautista came from another friend of mine maqueo which is from my hometown lecce an excellent seriously amazing producer he's an amazing producer and is working with huge names of the italian scene right now and he proposed uh, these demos he was working on with this guy called Aaron. I said, okay, send it to me. And I was shocked. I was like, okay, this 
this music is amazing and we need this kind of music now in Italy. So let's work together. We started working and then they got an offer from a big label and a big distribution. So we are not working as Fluido Studio with him as an artist of ours, but we're working as, we are his creative directors. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to know about because Synesthesia is the podcast about the creatives who are shaping the aesthetics of contemporary music. So how yeah. can you describe the aesthetics of artists like Bautista and Boy Rebecca? How do you build the image, their identity? I don't, I don't think I build the, their image and their identity, but I'm, it's more like I love to listen to, to the artists I'm going to work with, to talk to them and to discover they, their world. Because, you know, I think every artist has, has a world, has a, has a, a huge world of images and sounds and everything. So I usually spend time with, with the artists I'm going to work with and I just help them communicate what they have in their heads and in their hearts. What's in Bautista? a universe god it's a mess <laughs> it's it's a very funny word for me it's like a, a puppy it's like a very colorful puppy there is a lot of sadness in his word but also laughs and a lot of joy a lot of a lot of love actually and a lot of memories and nostalgia so uh, and colors he is a colorful he is a young he is talented and he is from peru so we know that up until at least three four five years ago the italian music scene was really boring everyone yeah. was white how important is it nowadays to have mixed ethnicity artists in the italian scene i feel we are kind of late on this we are uh, really we're not late. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're really no more more like a 30 years late yeah we're really late but also because now uh second generation also third generations of migrants sons and daughters of migrants are growing and they want to reclaim their time and their space in the industry, not just the music industry, but also in every field, of course. This is what we, we need to do. As people who work in the music industry, we need to give space to these people. Also because they have lots of things to say, lots of different things to say from other white artists. The sounds, the voices are so different, the floats, everything really. Yeah, but also their, their stories, what they, they want to tell about. And also they grew up speaking at least two languages at home, if not like, if not two, three or four. So it's a very, very interesting and place to, to work. And it's really interesting how these artists can experiment with language as well, maybe introducing slang from their own like countries into Italian and their songs and stuff. That's how I see it. Yeah, you know, mixing English with Spanish, but also I'm working now with an artist called Vergo and I proposed him to put some Sicilian words in his songs, some Spanish, some Italian and some Sicilian. And it's working because it's unique and it's in its him it's his, his story is not inventing something that he doesn't know it's part of his life we mentioned the bautista boy rebecca and uh, you can listen to them in the coolest spotify playlist uh, 
ever created, Radar Italia, where you can find all the best new talents, very fresh, fresh music. So check it out if you are interested in discovering this new scene, because we are talking to Stefano Libertini Protopapa, who is one of the pioneers. Before this scene, a producer who is your brother, you already mentioned him, you dropped his name, is Andrea Mangia Populus, and you worked with him on two things. One, a few months ago, his new album, W. Yeah, we've been talking about his projects and, and my projects and of course every day like we're like literally like brothers and when we came when he came out to me uh, with this idea he said okay i don't i don't want to do an, another album just good music i want to do something that means something for people and he wanted to do like a, a queer album and i said wait 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 let's start from the beginning we can do a queer album but why don't you focus uh, on the thing that you did for the past years so working with female voices he had like a, an epiphany and he said okay i'm gonna call all the women that i love music musically speaking and so he texted them and after a few months the w w stands for women uh, album was ready. Can we say that um, W is one of the most political albums published uh, in Italy in the past 10 years? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we can say that. It was kind of a statement from, from Populus. And it was his first statement probably uh, after lots of years of very good music. He wanted to, to make a statement. A statement about um, freedom, liberation, gender equality. Yes, correct. And we can see that statement not only in the music, but also in the artwork. Nicola Napoli was the, is the illustrator that did a W cover and all the single covers. And the idea was exactly was to create a, a world where you can have a party with all the people you you want to see at your party so you in the cover you can see uh, rupaul but also you can see loredana berthe together and uh, kenji the the guy who sang house of keta and then there's also miss keta in the cover and two guys kissing and two girls kissing it's it's a party it's it's the best party you you can get invited to it's a party, but also a, one of those uh, record sleeves that uh, if you look at them in 10, 20 years, uh, you can have an overview of what was the scene at that time. Probably, yes. Yeah. It's like a picture. It's a, like a school picture. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You just mentioned uh, uh, Misketa again. We were talking about Populus. So let's touch briefly your um, super queer takeover of... Um, the Spotify playlist, uh, House of Keta. Uh, <laughs> House of Keta, yeah. Um, it all started last June when there was Pride in Milan and from Spotify, I received an email from Spotify saying, can you help us finding queer artists in Italy? Because it's hard for us to find them and we know you know them. So we started working together and I asked to Spotify, why don't we do uh, an editorial queer playlist and they just said, okay, just wait and it will come. And a few weeks ago, uh, we received uh, an email from Spotify, me, Populus and Misketa saying, okay, we want you to create a editorial queer playlist. So I was very honored to do this. And we spent the last three weeks 
having calls, me, Miss Keda and Populus, very funny calls, where we decided what to what songs to pick to put in, to put in this in this playlist. What's your favorite song from that playlist? Mm. <laughs> mm. I would say actually uh, Queer Nation from Hardton, definitely. Stefano, once again, you are doing an amazing job, really. Thank you. All this um, evolution, this uh, transition in a more international and uh, equal music world makes me really, really proud. So I'm super, super Thank glad you. to have you here. So we talked about uh, Fluido Studio, Mischetta, Bautista, Boy Rebecca, Vergo, Populus, basically everything. So I think it's time to introduce the first column of Synesthesia, which is a Word on the Street. Word on the Street. We want you to tell us an artist, either a visual artist or a musician, you would like to collaborate with in the future. And I'm gonna say it needs to be someone international. I'd love to work with Honey Dijon. Well, um, legend, legend. Yeah, she's a legend and probably Honey Dijon is top of my list at the moment yeah Why? she's amazing she she's really doing a beautiful job for queer people she i think she's honest and also she's a great producer so she's she's talented and she's getting everything she deserves i see yeah. that you appreciate the honesty a lot you pointed out as a quality as a virtue also for miss Keta. what does it mean to yeah. be honest authentic in 2020 to be honest is to create your own own world with, with the truth you are and like working on yourself before and then helping other people that have no voice and no space giving them a, a little bit of your space and time 2020 we have to to give space to people that don't have space more equality cooperation and solidarity these are the values we want to push aren't they yes they are I think you already answered to this question because we're about to introduce another column which is called Private Collection. Private Collection. Private Collection is about a record sleeve or music video that has changed your life in the past. Yeah, yeah, Madonna uh, Ray of Light cover, uh, already from the cover and then with the songs changed my my life and it was my coming out uh record but also um tobias bernstrup 27 uh, uh single cover is amazing like it's one of my favorite tracks ever and favorite album cover ever i don't know it i'm gonna check it out uh, how about a music video maybe alien alien sambaka in 2008 uh, just because it was the first, I think it was the first queer underground music video I've ever seen. Thank you, that's great. We are almost done, so you are free to go and have your dinner with uh, Bautista <laughs> and another person we can't mention. And because yeah. I know the secrets, I know all your secrets. There's also Vergo actually at dinner tonight. <laughs> uh, last, 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 last column, these uh, flavors. Flavors. 
and you need to tell us uh, your favorite or kind of favorite Instagram page and the local spot in uh, Nolo. Mm, local spot in Nolo, it's uh, a little square where every night before like, uh, the lockdown, every night uh, young people spend time there drinking beers and playing ping pong and it's called uh, Piazzetta Arcobalena and this is the best spot at, at this moment uh, in Nolo. And an Instagram page, I mean, I would say follow Fluido Studio Instagram page because you don't know what's going next on our page. But you, can give us a, you can't give us a spoiler. Uh, we have, we're gonna launch a new artist, Tom, Thomas Constantine, is coming out soon. And then it's a, it's a very interesting electronic pop music project. And then we have, in 2021, we have a one-of-a-kind artist came out from the manga nerd video games universe. Ooh, sounds <laughs> great already. Also because yeah. that universe manga and video game is one of the biggest cultural influences in nowadays music production, especially in terms yeah. of aesthetics. Right. as well. Stefano, it was my privilege to have you here as a guest and knowing your story was really, really enlightening for me. It's a great story of someone who left his very small hometown in Salento, had fun in Milan, had fun in Bologna, and now he's doing something really great. Thank you, Enrico. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.